The Parkinson Spiegel Show. I mean, you guys are the best team in Chicago. Everybody knows that. We all know that the afternoon show is not afraid of anything, really. Yeah. But Afternoons on the score. And now coaching the Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflug. So what you'll see on tape, you'll see, man, they play Chicago tough. There weren't many people that thought the Bears had a chance today. There were fewer people that thought the Bears had a chance after a quarter or two of this game. Just uh, laying the foundation. It's finding a way to connect with these young players and get them to believe for sure here in Chicago. Dragon Slayer. Sandman, you got it now. Let's go, Predator. Let's go, man. Hey, Dino Dex, let's go, man. Just a terrific family man. Terrific, loyal coach. Great communicator. He did a great job of listening to the players. It means a lot that his ears are, you know, open, you know, always, and that he works with us, and that will make him so good for us. I would keep an eye on this Bears franchise. I think they're doing it right. You know, we're trying to build championship habits. I keep telling the guys that. It's championship habits. We're excited about this second half. We got some things up our sleeves, so. All right. Oh, all right. Well, nice. Okay. So don't touch that dial. Pressure again. Incomplete. Here he shows blitz and then drops. Completely fools Bryce Young, who thought he was blitzing. Great call by Eberflus. Did we see what was up your sleeve? Did you use it? Or? I don't know. What's up yours? And Eberflus just uh, got Coach uh, Flus is a great coach, bro. He, he keeps us motivated. A lot of respect for him as a coach. He checks every box that I can see. We are thrilled to be joined for the first time on the Parkinson Spiegel Show from the Combine with Bears head coach Matt Eberflus. Coach, thank you so much for the time. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing very, very well. Uh, it's It's been a while. We've been looking forward to having you on. And honestly, we see you. We watch your press conference. It's like a whole new you. Who inspired the new look, the beard? Well, my wife, Kelly, has been trying to get me to do it for a while. So I finally succumbed and, uh, and, I, and I, I did it. So it's, uh, it's her inspiration. It, it adds some distinction, Coach. Do you feel more distinguished with the beard? Uh, nope, I feel the same. So I... I, I, I <laughs> You know, we our Bears reporter who's there, Mark Grody, who we have on every day, we were kind of busting on him because the longer he covered you, it seemed like he was starting to look like you. Did you notice when he did the slick back hair that he was starting to look like you? I did not notice. I would have saw Pat Riley in the audience. I didn't see him. I'm telling you, Mark Mark Grody, he was just so inspired uh, by you to uh, become you. Coach, um, our our old friend and yours, Dave Wanstead, we we talked to him on Thursdays, usually have a cocktail. He had Wani's Army back in the day, fans that enjoyed Wani as a coach. Uh, How do you feel about enthusiasts or people who are enthusiastic about your job as a head coach of the Bears? You okay with that one? No, I, I always I'm a good friend with Wanstead as well. And uh, what's his drink of choice, by the way? Uh, usually a Manhattan bourbon or Terry okay. Bradshaw bourbon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bourbon right. of the Rons. Good. I'm an old fashioned guy myself, but yeah, that's a <laughs> that's definitely good. But yeah, anytime you can get support, uh, you need that, right? You need support from your your fan base, and you need support from you know the ownership and and obviously from your players and, and the fan, you know, and uh, the whole Chicago uh, land. So to me, it's always good. Anytime you can get that, that's awesome. You know, one of the reasons that, that I've called myself enthusiastic or whatever is, is the culture that you have cultivated. Like the togetherness that this team obviously has in Ryan Poles sees. How does that togetherness show up on the field during games on a given play, Coach? 
Yeah, I mean, so it really it's about the foundation is, is really a good question also uh, is is how do you build it? You know, that to me is, is the most important thing. And to me, when you're looking at it, it's two things. You bring guys in that love football, and they show that by the way they play. So when we're looking at these free agents, we're looking at the draft guys. When we watch that tape, those guys – jump off the tape because of their passion for the game and the way they play the game. You can, you can easily see that. And then when they get into the building, we hold everybody to the same high standards of how we respect each other, how we work and how we go about our business in the building. And we never walk by a mistake. And that's what we do. And that's how we, we create that culture. So once you have that, how does it show up during the game? Yeah. It, well, when you have those guys that are, that are held at a, stand, a high standard and they love the game, that's going to be evident. Uh, during the course of the game, like you look at DJ or Montez or the guys that are, you know, TJ, the guys that show that passion uh, during the course of the game, you'll see it. It'll be evident because we're, we're playing a certain style, the Chicago style. You know, a guy who we know is very passionate about the game and we know him well is Jalen Johnson. He's on our show every week. And you have had, I mean, you know, he wants the shadow receivers. He's not shy about that. He wants to play aggressive press man. He's not shy about that. You once had him at uh, running with the backups at a mini camp. He's on your leadership council. He's requested a trade. It feels like it's been a lot. There's been a long journey with your relationship with Jalen Johnson. How is your relationship now? Oh, it's great. I mean, him and I have uh, really honored our relationship together that we've had over the last two years. Um, and our relationship has grown. You know, um, I've, I've grown uh, to respect him and to honor his work patterns and to really uh, look at him as, as, a, as a leader of our football team. And he's done an outstanding job. And really, you know, with the enhancement of his play this year, uh, with, the, with taking the ball away and uh, really just bringing that defense together, um, you know, in the, in the back end and the front end. So he's, he, to me, has, has been tremendous um, over the last uh, two years. What did he add to the game? Why did the takeaways just start happening now? Well, he worked on it. You know, he worked on it. We brought it to his attention. He worked on it. We worked on it with the catch points, worked on it uh, with him and Coach Hoke. Uh, he worked on it after practice, and he was just diligent and determined that he was going to be a guy that was a ball guy. And uh, we're going to need that going in the future, too. So we're talking to Matt Eberflus here, Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Coach, one thing that's hampered the last two Bears quarterbacks has been a lack of continuity with coaching. You know, Mitch was here with John Fox, then he gets fired before his second year. Justin was here with Matt Nagy, then he gets fired before his second year. Whether it's Justin or a rookie quarterback, how important is it that you guys break that trend of a lack of continuity when it comes to developing a quarterback? Yeah, to me, I think it's important that you really, uh, you know, keep building the foundation. We feel really good about the two classes that we've signed, uh, you know, draft classes and the two free agency classes that we've signed. Um, and that's the solid foundation that we're standing on. And really, th this is the same process this year. You know, we've got to do a great job of evaluating the draft class, great job of signing these free agents, and then onboarding these guys into our team and the way we do our business. And to me, that's the, the, the pieces that you need to have um, to really have that continuity you're talking about, not only on offense, but also on defense and special teams. And, and to me, uh, you know, we're – we're making progress there, but we got a lot of work to do before April 15, before the players get in here. And then also um, once the players get in there until June 15, till summer break. So we got a lot of work ahead of us. Coach, we love talking about this defense and talked with your mentor, Rod Marinelli, about the three technique quite a bit. You had DeForest Buckner. We know that you and Ryan Poles wanted to get Larry Joby. Where are we with Javon Dexter? Do you feel like that could be your three technique engine for this defense? 
Yeah, we love where Javon is. He really had a really good end of the season. His last eight games was really, really productive for him. And, uh, you know, he's on the rise. And I always said that the, the biggest improvements from the first to the second year uh, with those players. And he's one of those rookies that, you know, we've played a lot. You know, we played a lot of those guys over the last two years, and he's one of them. And we expect a big jump, uh, you know, in his production this year. So do you feel like you have three techniques solved? Um, you know, you're always looking to add pieces in the defensive line. So, you know, it's ever-changing and ever-evolving. So, you know, I've always said you can never have enough uh, defensive linemen. And, and, I'll, and I'll go to the grave saying that. So, Coach, you said during your press conference you've been looking at quarterbacks your whole life. Who's your favorite? Man, that's a good one. There's There's been some good ones that I've looked at. You know, so I was – I was here, you know, when the when they had all those really good ones, you know, with Brady and and Breeze and you know uh, all those guys have been just tremendous to look at, you know, over the course of the the time. But uh, you know, I would really say that uh, I don't really don't have a favorite. Man, I just marvel at the, their ability to be tough and hang in the pocket and deliver the ball when the moment counts. Yeah, polls reference that you guys are talking about surgeons and artists. Do you have a preference in terms of style? Yeah, yeah, I think that was really good. Uh, Jeff King came up with that. Uh, you know, some are surgeons and some are artists. And, and to me, I think there could be a blend of that, too. You know, there's some blending there that goes on. But uh, definitely a guy that's a surgeon wants to be accurate, you know, and the artist can create. So I, I believe that's a pr- pretty good analogy. It seems like they all have to be surgeons in the fourth quarter. Like when everybody knows that you're just going to have to drop back and pass and you can't use some of the other stuff, like is that the most important thing that they can do that, Coach? Uh, that's one of them, though. But if you look, go think about the Super Bowl. Think about the Super Bowl. What, like what, what, what happened in the last part of that, that Super Bowl? Well, there was some great accurate throws uh, by Pat, but he also used his legs, um, you know, moving into overtime and also in overtime to be able to create uh, some yardages and some favorable things for that team. And, that, and that's, again, he's able to do both. But he's not able to run for that if they're not respecting the fact that he's a surgeon, right? Like, like they know that he can beat them from the pocket, and that's what makes it available. No, that's a fair statement. There's no question. That's why you got to be able to do both. I think if you want to be elite, you have to be able to uh, do both those things. Is Justin a surgeon or an artist? Justin has shown ability to be, do both for sure. You know, we love Justin where he is, uh, where his leadership is. Uh, our, our football team loves him. And, again, we're in the middle of this process, and we'll figure out where we're going here in the near future. Justin has said that he just kind of wants the whole thing to be over because he wants to know if he's back or being traded. Can you relate to that just on, like, an emotional and psychological level for him, Coach? Absolutely. Him and I talked about that the other day, and, and I, he worked, it's totally relatable. You know, it's and everybody. Everybody can relate to that. You know, no one wants gray. No one wants anything up in the air. We always want to know yes or no. But there's times in life where you got to live in this space uh, of gray and you got to be comfortable doing that and he is he's comfortable he has he has a great solid foundation he's got a great family um, he's got great character and as soon as we figure these things out in the next uh coming weeks here we'll, we'll let him know and let everybody else know yeah you know it was interesting to hear him like it was so relatable you know he said he normally likes to watch film in the off season, so it's interesting that you just talked to him you know recently he's not able to talk to shane waldron and get a playbook and prepare in that way no, no, only, uh, right now we're only allowed to talk just personal stuff. Personal no, stuff. No football, yep, no football uh, you know, at all. Talk to uh, player, coach, coach, player. Got it. And so then in terms of philosophy, right, this is you have the number one pick in the draft. Obviously people normally think that's going to be a quarterback, but you're going to have expectations this year to win, whether it's a rookie 
or Justin is coming back. Could you see yourself philosophically starting a rookie quarterback from day one, or do you believe they're best to learn from the bench as a rookie? Yeah, I think you have to evaluate the whole process um, going from, you know, the draft all the way through the first game. And then you make your decision based on what you see and, and what you feel and what you know is true. And to me, that's what, you know, when you've got a good a solid foundation around that player, uh, which we're going to have, um, you know, that makes the decision a little bit easier. But, uh, you know, it's again, you got to evaluate that when the time comes. There's some there's been some rookie quarterbacks who led teams to the playoffs. Coach Legion of Boom and Russell Wilson. You ever talk to Pete Carroll about that model? Pretty good defense with a rookie quarterback there. Yeah, it's always good when you when you have a, a, a quarterback's best friend is always the running game and a great defense. And to me, those are two good things that you got to establish uh, if you want to if you want to be able to win, you know, and win in January and December, December and January. Yeah, well you, what did Pete tell you about Shane Waldron? Yeah, it was an interesting conversation just about his adaptability, about his, uh, you know, how he works with the offense and how he's creative, you know, in terms of putting his skill in position. Um, and, uh, you know, just the way he worked through those change, you know, the change he had at quarterback during the time he was there and how he was able to adjust and, and make it happen. Hey, Coach, uh, we loved when you talked about Dick Butkus and shared that you guys had bonded about reading keys, like with your linebacker mindsets. We, so, yeah. so, so what, what are some of the keys that you and Dick talked about? You remember, like, you're watching offensive linemen to learn stuff? What were the keys? Yeah, so when you're playing middle linebacker, you know, you're basically standing in the middle of the defense right over the football. So him and I would talk about, you know, once the flow of the back, you know, so let's say that's a run play and the flow is going to the left. Like, where do your eyes go at that moment? You know, so they have to go to the front side guard, you know, make sure he's not pulling back so it's a misdirection play. Then your eyes got to travel over to the tight end area and the C area. And then you got to see, okay, is he blocking on point or is he releasing for a pass? So that gives you a lot of information in the first two steps um, after the play starts. And so we were just talking about that in depth and we spent a good, you know, 35, 40 minutes talking about it. Man, that's awesome. So even with modern offense and all the fancy new stuff, it's the same, it's the same game, isn't it? Still same exact, same exact game. And I always cherish my moments I had with Dick and it was such a great moment uh, moments that I had when I was able to talk some ball with him when he was in Hallis Hall. All right, two more quick things because we're learning a little bit about you. We learned that you love the old fashioned. Uh, you're you're great. You're great at nicknames. We love Dragon Slayer for our guy Jalen, but you also said yep. that you had media nicknames. I'm only going to ask you for two. Mark Potash. What's your nickname for him? <laughs> Mark Potash. No, I don't have one yet. Oh. Okay, Jason Leisure. We know you've got a secret nickname for him. We listen to the I press conferences. I do not have one for that one either. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, and then la- and then last thing, uh, you have a very important relationship on your staff between Shane Waldron and Chris Morgan. Shane and Chris. Yeah. Our two producers are a Shane and a Chris. What's the key to making magic with Shane and Chris? Shane and Chris. We got to come up with a jingle. You got. I heard the jingle before the before I got on here. Man, it was really good. I'm gonna steal that. I mean, but uh, for sure the. Uh, uh, you got to come up with a jingle. You guys got to be creative. Yeah, you, you liked Eberflus, Eberflus. You like that one, Coach? <laughs> uh, there, there was some, on, the, on the one to ten, you know, there was some good stuff in there. Some of them were a ten, though. They were really good. That one Eberflus right there is probably about an eight. That's pretty good. We'll take it. All right, Coach. Thank you so much for giving us some time and putting up with our ridiculousness from the combine. We'll talk soon. All right, you got it. You got it, guys. Thanks, Thanks for Coach. Me on. Thank you. That is our conversation oh with Matt Eberflus. <laughs>
much in there. <laughs> I mean, it's just all so silly. 40 minutes reading keys with, <laughs> with Dick Butkus. They spent 40 minutes together. It was his best answer of the entire conversation. Obviously, it was the run play, you know, and visualize with me. You're going left. I mean, the first thing, you can tell everything in the first two steps, but you got you got to have your eyes in the he's, right spot. He's such a linebacker nerd. It's great. It's awesome. It's very good. And, yeah, Shane and Chris, he's all about it, you guys. They need a jingle. Well, that was a, maybe a first because we've had people credit and laud and compliment Chris Tannehill's opens at the beginning and then maybe later on, and it's become like a through line through the conversation. But he gave us nothing on Tanny's open <laughs> off the top. There was some turbulence on takeoff with our conversation with Maddie. Before. I agree. I agree. <laughs> the enthusiastic <laughs> stuff didn't really didn't really take. Yeah, but it, so the, the the open did not really help us much if i'm being totally honest at the at the beginning like because he was not thrilled with the beard question he was not thrilled oh, I don't with, know, he gave us some mileage on the beard question uh, his wife I, is his personal stylist but you, then you said did do you feel any differently he and he said, said no yeah, no. yeah my follow-up <laughs> so there was there was a lot of turbulence no. i felt on takeoff <laughs> but then by the end He's referencing the open and the yes. jingle. So Shane and Chris, we got to come up with a jingle. Yeah. Got, I heard the jingle before the before I got on here. Man, it was really good. It was Eberflus, <laughs> and I was like, "Why didn't Tanny use our version where I sang Eberflus?" He, he used Joe Buck. I well, forgot that was Joe Buck. It was Joe Buck. We therein lies the problem. Yeah, it, I thought you would have remembered your good friend Joe Buck. Right. No, oh. Tanny, you did your job. We. Yeah. yeah, we we forgot that that was Joe Buck. We should have listened to the open before. And, and then, uh, and then you yeah. said that Dave Wanstead's favorite drink is a Manhattan. Yeah, I um, I don't know what the hell I was. Can we about. is Wanstead doing something? Wanstead as well. And uh, what's his drink of choice, by the way? Uh, usually a Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Nope. Can we call Dave? Is he doing something? Has he ever had a Manhattan? And I'm always available unless I'm doing something. Uh, I'm drinking a little Bradshaw, sipping a little Bradshaw bourbon. That's what he drinks. The guy drinks bourbon. Just straight up bourbon. I'm going to as well. And uh, what's his drink of choice, by the way? Uh, usually a Manhattan. A no. Man, a Manhattan. Wani did threw- not pick up. He must be doing something. That oh, threw God. me. Fun, like, a Manhattan. Uh, fun fact about me. I always forget the difference between a Manhattan and an old-fashioned. I meant to say old-fashioned. Like, he's had old-fashions, hadn't he? You made one with your blood in it's it. It's his favorite cocktail. I, the old-fashioned is his favorite cocktail. So that's that's why I, we made it. That's why I should have said it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, but I would have also, I'll just be honest, I would have raised an eyebrow if Speaks would have said old-fashioned. Dave drinks bourbon on the rocks. Yeah. That's what he drinks when he's at home. He pours bourbon into a glass. No, that's what he drinks in here, you know, mm-hmm. right? He makes old fashions at home. He might not do it for your hit, but he has bitters at home. He makes old, he has jars of cherries in the fridge. Like, okay. You and I talked about it. All right. His I favorite play. cocktail. It's cherries in a Manhattan, too, isn't it? <laughs> See? I'm not iced com- tea. Okay, yeah, how's that? Very different. That's TV talk, you know? <laughs> they're very different drinks. The Manhattan and the Old Fashioned? Yes. They're very similar. There's they're brown not. liquor, there's ice, there's a cherry, and then there's mm. something sweet. Right? Nailed it. There's a lot of similarities I think so. that, he's, that he's pointing out. These are our big takeaways from our 15 minutes with the Bears head coach. I'm a good friend with Wanstead as well. And uh, what's his drink of choice, by the way? Usually a Manhattan. No. Oh, that's just not the right answer at all. Not at all. A texture saying that Eberflus did tip things off when talking about the inf- infrastructure. That they're going to draft Caleb. I don't think he tipped anything off. I think he's pretty good at evading all I, that stuff. I think that it was a very clean day from Eberflus and Pulse. 
They didn't. They. I don't. I think that it was different than last year mm-hmm. on how they talked about fields, which to me su- continues to suggest, based on like ten other things, that they're going to be drafting a quarterback. But I don't think that they said anything that's going to be some sort of crazy headline out that everyone's going to be able to run with. I think that's true. I think they. I think successfully avoided it. Robert in Naperville says, uh, I should have said, I see light mango just to get Wani back. Could be good. That would have been good. And what are we going to do? We need to do a jingle for Shane and Chris. You want to you write that one? You want to take a crack at that? You want me to write the jingle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or hey, you want to do it Wednesdays, and if you don't, we get lunch? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Tuesdays. Was it Wednesdays? Yeah, you're maybe. the writer. Oh, yeah. You're the singer. I'm the star. You're the talent. That's yeah. right. That's my bad. Yeah, I'm creative. Yeah, you're, you're the, the producer. Talent. You're the writer. You're yeah. the idea guy that I come in and one take, knock it out. How about your friend Kid? Can Mr. Rock conjure up something? <laughs> my name is Kid. God. it's. I w- went back and watched the Woodstock 2000 performance last night. Oh, my God. The guy just bangs all over the stage. It's Shane and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's Shane and Chris, we got to come up with a jingle. Yeah, yeah, we do. It's Shane and Chris. That's Done. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. That works. <laughs> I think we just grab that. I think that works. Put it over the Kid Rock bed. Bing, bang, boom. We're done. You guys can dig into the draft together in the months coming really up. Really easy. They're mentors <laughs> and everything. It's. I hate when he says Shane and Simo. Yeah. It messes it up. It's funny. Kurt, he won't now. My uh, my guitar player, Kurt Morrison, we call him Simo. So every time he says Simo, I'm thinking oh. about Kurt. But nobody understands that, and that's not really. No. For Is anyone. there a Shane in the in the band? No, just him. Just him right there. I'm a big fan, big fan of Kirk Morrison, by the way. <laughs> Famous. Hell of a Kirk and Dog. <laughs> Today is really about uh, Shane. <laughs> I guess so. It's, it's really about Shane today. I mean, Coach said so. I just want him to keep talking about Shane and Chris when he's asking about the offense and Me the too. running game. That's what I'm saying. I don't, don't believe he doesn't have a nickname for Jason Leisure, though. I don't believe he it for lied, a second. He lied directly to you. Yeah, he said that he has media nicknames, yeah. and then I asked him about the two guys that ask the most questions mm-hmm. and are the most confrontational in the press conference, and I'm supposed <laughs> to believe that he doesn't have nicknames for them? It's J- ridiculous. Jason's name is Jackass. <laughs> That's what his name is. I love the tough questions. They do great work, but it's, uh, there's just no way that Eberflus doesn't say bad things about them behind their back. <laughs> I did not notice. I would have saw Pat Riley in the audience. I didn't see. Oh, that's Another right. Another thing that's disappointing. A we'll Pat talk to Mark Grody thing. at five o'clock. Yeah, Grody Flus, the Eberflow. How does he not? And now they've both changed their looks. I know. It was like a moment in time. It was a shooting star. <laughs> now it's over. Now we'll never get them talking about it to each other. It's like when everybody had the Aniston haircut, you know, in the 90s. But she kept changing it, and then people kept changing it with her. Right, so now Grody's got to adjust and uh, grow a beard. That's a good idea. <laughs> that should be his game. <laughs> he needs to follow the trends of Eberflow. <laughs> get a real single white female thing going <laughs> for Mark Grody. Every year, Eberflus shows up with a different look, and Mark Grody always looks exactly like it. Has Eberflus ever in any way been comped to Jennifer Aniston? <laughs> I don't believe so. That's got to be a first. Well, that's got to be a first. That's why our show exists. All right. Well, we accomplished a lot today. Good suggestion from the 708. Little ditty about Shane and Tanny. <laughs> Send them in. Yep. Shane and Chris. we got to come up with a jingle. Because it's we... Shane and Chris. I'm not sucking down any chili dogs, though, by the way. No, you're not. Outside the Tasty Freeze. All right. You wouldn't dare. Well, <sighs> we learn anything there? 
We'll, we'll see. I, my favorite Probably thing not. of the day is that there's been lots of people wondering if it was going to be actual Matt Eberflus or our friend Honest Matt <laughs> yeah. Eberflus. Could you tell a difference? <laughs> I could. The answers were longer. Yeah, yeah. Fewer questions from us. He's a guy you really like to like. I agree, Matt. Uh, I, I thought he came across very, very likable. Um, I, I don't know. Enjoy our conversation <laughs> with real Matt Eberflus. Mm. Uh, um, meaning what? Me, meaning it was a good time to, yeah. to talk to you. We had we had fun. Uh, there was some awesome audio from Cubs camp that I think has been overlooked to this point. And uh, a rival talking tough. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. 